Every month, we offer exciting new webinars for our community. Topics include how to use retirement accounts to buy real estate overseas, how to get a second passport in Latin America, why you should sell your stock portfolio and move your money offshore, how to buy beachfront rental properties in Brazil for less than $100,000, or apartments in Paraguay for less than $60,000. If you want to join us for free for these presentations with live Q&A, insider secrets, and exclusive opportunities with my professional network of experts, then go to expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. That's expatmoney.com forward slash webinars to register for free upcoming presentations. expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. We all dream of seeing the world, but the realities of living somewhere outside your place of birth can be daunting to say the least. Welcome to the Expat Money Show, helping you make the most out of your overseas career through conversations with successful expats on investing, entrepreneurship, self-improvement, and continual education, all while sharpening your financial acumen. Now, please welcome your host with over 20 years of overseas experience, Mikkel Thorup. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Mikkel Thorpe, and this is the Expat Money Show. What I want to do today is continue on with our conversation about the countries we visited in Western Asia or Eastern Europe or the Caucasus or however you want to call this region of the world. It was such an amazing trip. If you guys have not listened to the previous episodes in this series, then I highly suggest you go back and listen to them first because this one will make a whole heck of a lot more sense. So we did one episode on Turkey where we started our trip. And then last week we did Georgia and today I'm going to be talking about Armenia and next week, inshallah, we'll be talking about Azerbaijan, which should kind of wrap this up. So where I left you last was we actually took the train, the overnight train from Georgia to Yerevan in Armenia. Now, when I first got to Armenia, I thought it was not very nice, actually. We took a Grab or an Uber or whatever it was called there. Actually, I don't even think it was either one of those. I think they had their own style, but now the name is escaping me. Basically, to our Airbnb, we rented a whole house, a four-bedroom or four five-bedroom house with a backyard and a play area and lots of kids' toys so my kids could go crazy. And it was the house itself was amazing, it was like basically brand new, maybe a couple of years old, but the area it was in was complete rubbish. There was just nothing around it and it was just kind of run down and I thought, ooh, Armenia is not so nice. Then I went downtown and I was shocked. I was absolutely floored by how gorgeous downtown Yerevan was. There was so much to do. There were so many restaurants and cafes and bars. The walking on the sidewalks, I mean, it was really easy to walk and get around. There's tons of people. There was tourists. It was just unbelievable. Actually, I was so, so surprised. And it was really European feeling, like really, really European. And unlike Georgia, Armenia was very clean, actually. Georgia, as I mentioned last time, there was graffiti everywhere. In Yerevan, I didn't see one piece of graffiti anywhere. Everything was pristine and the downtown area was huge. I mean, the streets went on and on and on and it was so nicely done and they have spent a lot of time and effort and energy restoring everything and making it really nice. And they had these old private homes that they've now turned into restaurants and things or museums or hotels. And it was really, really gorgeous. 
Now, when we were there, the food was really excellent. Remember last time I said Georgian food was number one? I think Armenia was definitely number two. There were some really good options for the food. Once again, lots of fresh produce. The meat was high quality. Okay, it's a landlocked country, so no fish or seafood. I, I don't think that's the thing to order there. But what they did, they did right. And they had a lot of good options for the food for international cuisine. So we tried food from all over the world, which was really good. And then a lot of the local cuisine, which was unique as well. Now, the downtown area, as I said, was very, very European, very good for walking. And, and every time you went around a corner, there was another monument or statue or something going on there or a park. And there were so many places to sit down and just kind of do people watching and just enjoy the area. A lot of cafe culture, you know, people sitting on the street, people enjoying the beautiful weather there and just taking it easy. Now, I did find it a lot more business and entrepreneurial than Azerbaijan. I'll talk about Azerbaijan in next week's episode, but Armenia seemed like a lot of private businesses where Azerbaijan seemed like everything was state-sponsored, which I obviously am not a fan of. I like entrepreneurship and creativity. I don't like businesses that can't stand on their own two feet. You know, we need to deal with the marketplace. And actually, if we make money, it's because we're providing value. So in everything that I do, I'm always looking at the entrepreneurial side of things, not forced. And that was definitely Azerbaijan. Now, we did a lot of real estate, looking at real estate while we were there. Actually, we went to a building site that was being put up and we got a special invitation to go and tour it and to do some videography there. And it was really, really interesting to watch the site because Armenians are known at being quite good craftsmen and bricklayers and, and really good with their hands. So the construction was a very high quality and they probably spent about two or three hours with us, I want to say, and walked us through everything, showed us the windows that came from Germany showed us the bricks are all made in Armenia. They showed us the piping, where it came from, and all of the different pieces because they were half done the construction. So we got to really see behind the curtain on this for sure. And then sometimes when you're looking at real estate, you know, it looks like the things are just put up so haphazardly, you know, made out of cardboard or something and there was an earthquake which in these regions there can be you know it would just fall over and that's where we've seen so much danger but this building was really high quality and the people really seemed to know what they were talking about they had studied engineering in the united states and then came back to armenia actually this was a theme we actually met a ton of people who had traveled lived overseas went to university overseas and then decided to come back to armenia and build their lives so that was very very interesting now a lot of the equipment was Chinese equipment. And because my wife is there and she's obviously from mainland China, she was able to read everything and translate some things. So it was pretty funny. Like even the construction elevator there, when it says where they are, it's all in Mandarin. It's all in Chinese. So that was pretty interesting. So she was kind of translating some stuff for them as well. So it seems like all of the building, the cranes and everything like that, and the elevators and all those things come from China, where a lot of the material came from either inside the country or from Europe. Now, the prices for the real estate were kind of what we expected. I mean, they're not 
it's not cheap, cheap, cheap place to buy real estate, but for some high quality condos and apartments, I think it was pretty good. You know, in the downtown area, you were looking at three, four, five hundred thousand dollars for a few bedroom apartment in the really, really prime location. Of course, if you're going out in the middle of the nowhere or you're going in an area that expats wouldn't want to be, probably it's, you know, a quarter of that or something like that. But I usually like to look at the luxury real estate because that's usually what my people are interested in. So we sat down, we had several meetings with real estate brokers and then obviously with the developers and the builders, as I said, and we were pretty impressed with the real estate there. So I'm going to be following along with this. Now, my understanding of this is the prices have gone up with the war in Ukraine and a lot of Ukrainians and Russians moving over to Armenia, but it didn't seem to be as bad as Georgia. Maybe not as many people, or maybe they can just absorb a little bit more. Now, it is a landlocked country, and they don't necessarily get along very well with their neighbors. So they've actually had to learn how to be very self-sufficient. Now, when we look at expat countries, one of the main things we're looking at is food independent, water independent, energy independent. But this is a country that's really able to produce a lot of its own material for building. You know, as I was saying, they're building their own bricks and their own cement and their own, all the building materials are coming from there. So that was really interesting for me to see as well. And something that I'm going to be taking away and looking at other countries is in their ability, not just to build, but to repair and to maintain and to sustain any type of development in the country. Now, the relationship with Russia seems to be souring a little bit, and that seems to be because of the current president there, which is really concerning. You know, I think that with the problems they already have with Azerbaijan and Azerbaijan being backed by Turkey. And Armenia was kind of backed by Russia for a long time. But it looks like they want to turn their backs on Russia and try to go in with the EU and NATO, which is an absolutely ridiculous idea. Absolutely so, so silly. So there's actually a contested area between Armenia and Azerbaijan. And the day after we left Azerbaijan, Armenia goes out and says, yeah, that land actually belongs to Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan. So the very next day or a couple days later, Azerbaijan invades and, and takes it back. So this contested area now goes back to Azerbaijan. And I was talking to Armenian clients that I have, and they were saying that this president is an absolute traitor to the country, and they don't know what he's doing. He's lost his mind. So there's been protests on the street. This all happened right after we left. So this was, I guess, the third war with Azerbaijan, even though it was extremely short. And I don't think that a lot of people lost their lives thank goodness. But I'm going to be watching this quite closely because actually what I'm interested in is finding a country which is friendly with Russia, but not on sanction lists. So I wanted to kind of look around and see this. And I thought it might be Armenia, but I'm not so sure yet. So I'm, I'm watching very, very closely the, the geopolitics of Armenia and seeing if they can get themselves straight. But if you watch what happened in 2008 when Georgia tried to get in with the EU and NATO or Ukraine now, I mean, I don't know what Armenia could possibly think, how they could possibly think that this is a good idea. But hopefully they'll give their head a shake and maybe this president, he'll be ousted and the country can go back to normal and it can go back to being a peaceful place. That would be very, very nice to see. Now, culturally for Armenia, it was one of the best countries that we saw. They had an opera house there and we took my daughter to go see Romeo and Juliet and it was phenomenal. I couldn't believe the skills of the dancers for such a small country. I mean, Yerevan is only a million people, not very big. And the quality was just 
unbelievable. And we've been to ballets and symphonies and operas and plays all over the world. And I was just so impressed with Armenian quality of the dancers and the performance and the music and everything. And actually, it seems that they have new presentations like all the time, every week, every two weeks, there's something else. So if we decided to spend some time in Armenia, we would be there every week. We would watch every single thing. Now, we only got to go and see the one play, even though we did have a chance to go and see another one. But my friends that we were traveling with at the time, he just couldn't do it. So we decided to skip it and we only went the once. But I was super keen to go back and watch some more there because I was so impressed. Another funny thing while I was in Armenia is that all of the delivery drivers for food are Indians and they all speak English, obviously, because it's India. And when they would deliver the food for us at the house we were staying at, I would chit chat with the guys for say five or 10 minutes. What are you guys doing here? How long you been here? Why are you doing this work? What do you think of it? You know, and getting their opinion about it. And the one guy I was talking about, he was from Bangalore, I think. And he just loved Armenia. He was so thrilled to be there. He said he worked normally in hospitality, but he got there maybe a month before or a few weeks before and he was delivering on the motorbike right now but he was so happy to be there and we gave him a nice tip and he was just giving us some tips on places to go because he was a new foreigner living in the country so that was pretty neat as well For those interested in moving to another country, I highly recommend learning the local language before you arrive. After traveling for the last 23 years straight, I have seen many people fall into the expat bubble trap. This is where you move to a new country and you only talk to people from the USA or Canada and you are unable to make local friends. The best way to combat this is by having an understanding of the local language. And the best program I have ever seen for this is storylearningcourses.com. These are the programs I use to go from very crummy language skills to fluent in no time flat. The courses are fun and easy to understand and most importantly, really work. No matter where you are in your language learning abilities, go to storylearningcourses.com. That's storylearningcourses.com to learn more. Now, the dark side of Armenia is definitely the Armenian genocide, which was really, really like chilling to learn about. I mean, everybody, you, you hear about the Armenian genocide, but to actually be there and see the monuments and talk to Armenians about it, I was just, I had goosebumps. I was just, I couldn't believe that human beings one group of human beings did this to another group. Now, I'm not talking the politics or anything like that, but from what we were taught while we were there, about 1.5 million Armenians were slaughtered during the genocide. Now, today, there's only about 3 million Armenians inside the country. So, I mean, I don't know the population of Armenia at the time, but if you look at today's numbers, that would be a half of the population. That's like every second person you've ever met in your life was murdered. That's so disgusting. Like, I I don't even have words for it. I just, I, and I've been to Cambodia. I've seen war memorials, things like this. I just don't understand how one human being could do this to another. As I've said a thousand times on this program, I'm so anti-war. I'm so anti-violence in this context. Okay, I believe in self-defense, but this wasn't self-defense. I mean, we're talking women and children. Now, I'm not getting into the, the politics, and I know I have Turkish people who listen to this podcast, and I 
love visiting Turkey, but this was a really tragic situation. I'll just kind of leave it at that. Now, the Armenian diaspora is about 7 million people living overseas. So for basically every three Armenians, two of them live overseas. Now, the big communities are in Canada and the United States and some other countries. From my understanding, in Los Angeles, there is a massive Armenian population there. And I have Armenian clients who are Canadians as well. But it seems like a lot of the Armenians are actually starting to return. Now, we'll see what happens with the war with Azerbaijan and if that will stop people from going back or not. But I mean, I could see a lot of opportunity in this country and a reason that people might want to move back there. I'm not giving it my full endorsement right yet. There's a still some definite problems, but definitely one to watch. Now, the Armenians have had two wars with Azerbaijan, or now two and a half. I'm not sure how they're counting this new one. And they're absolutely reeling from the second one. Literally everybody that we talked to was talking about the war with Armenia. And this was just a few years ago. And they lost 5,000 young men in the conflict. And it was like, you would talk to people and it was someone they went to high school with, or their son, or a brother, or a family member. Like, I mean, it really left deep, deep scars on them. And this is a country that already has a lot of scars. So my heart really went out to them about this. And they just don't know how they've got themselves into this situation, it seems. And they just keep making bad decisions. Like going against Russia and now with NATO, I think is a terrible, terrible decision. Now, Really, my experience of Armenia was Eurovan. I want to be very clear about this. I did not have a chance to go out into the countryside. But my friend Thorsten actually had a chance to travel through the countryside after he went his way and we went on to Azerbaijan. And he said it was very underdeveloped. He said the natural beauty was very beautiful. He sent me a bunch of pictures. But there was abandoned buildings and especially closer to regions with Azerbaijan, things were just abandoned and it looked like people were not staying in that region. So that was sad to see. Now, as for the food in Armenia, it was fantastic. The prices were very reasonable. I'd say it was cheaper than Panama, where I live today. Definitely the fresh juices we had. We were drinking fresh pomegranate juice every day and fresh grapefruit juice, and they were like a buck, two bucks, something like that. No way you're getting that here in Panama. We changed US dollars, and we got good rates. It was very, very easy to see. It was very clear. They were not gouging foreigners on it. We'd go to the grocery store to exchange US dollars. We bought a bunch of brandy there. So they had uh, Mount Ararat, which is like the national symbol. I guess now it's part of Turkey, but it's really supposed to be part of Armenia. And you can see it from everywhere, this beautiful snow-capped mountain. And they named their brandy after it. And they have this really world-famous brandy. So we bought a few bottles for friends and colleagues of mine to bring back to Panama. Another really interesting thing that we learned about Armenia is actually it is a Christian country and they said it is the first Christian country in the world. Now, when you're sandwiched between a bunch of Muslim countries like Turkey, Iran, and Azerbaijan, I thought that was really interesting, a very distinctly Christian country and profoundly Christian. You know, the Christian music and the Christian art and the Christian culture was very predominant in everything that we learned about while we were there. There were some really gorgeous areas like Republic Square. There was tons of museums. We went and saw the art museums and the history and uh, Armenian artists and things like that. 
in general, I would say Yerevan was quite a clean country and a very safe country, at least and when we're talking about crime on the street. The driving was insane there, though. Definitely, I would never want to drive in that country. I don't know how they don't all get into accidents there. It was like no one was taught how to properly drive, and they just make it up. Everyone has their own set of rules, so that was a little bit terrifying. But I'd say overall, I would say Armenia is a very interesting country. I'm looking forward to learn more. I'm going to continue to study about it. I will visit again for sure. I want to go and visit some of the countryside. They have some good banking options there. At the moment is a non-CRS country, so common reporting standards. That's very interesting. And they have some immigration programs that are going on. I sat with the lawyers for two, three hours and went through the immigration and the taxes. There's going to be a special report that I am doing specifically for my hub members that that will be released in the next couple of months going through all of that. The food was good. As I said several times, the lifestyle, the quality of the lifestyle looked really, really good. And the people were lovely, were really, really nice, a lot sweeter than Georgia, that's for sure. So all of that was excellent. I'm definitely concerned about the relationships with Azerbaijan and now with Russia. Hopefully that mends. But yes, I will be following this country closely. So that is kind of my report on Armenia. I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you guys missed my previous conversations about Turkey and Georgia, then go back and watch those ones. And next week, inshallah, I will be doing the one on Azerbaijan. That should be super, super interesting. That's it. I hope you guys are all doing great. If you guys want to join the newsletter at expatmoney.com, we're doing a big push to grow the newsletter. We're going to be putting a lot of time and effort and energy in growing it. This is really where I report on everything first at expatmoney.com. So make sure you guys subscribe to that. It's free. There's just tons of co cool content that we put out there. And that's it. Have a great week. We will see you next Wednesday, 6 a.m. Take care. Thanks. Super exciting news. We just released our first in a series of expat guidebooks. These are in-depth country guides on how to move to another country. And the first one released is Expat's Guide on Moving to Mexico. It took us over two years to compile all the research and write this book on Mexico. And coming in at 475 pages, you can really see how much work has gone into this. It's a complete guide on everything you need to know if you want to move to Mexico, including where to live, immigration, taxes, lifestyle, buying property, how to get a driver's license, and a million other things you would never think you need the answers to. You can find the book directly on Amazon by searching for Expat's Guide on Moving to Mexico or go to expatguidebooks.com, which will take you to our online shop where you will find the book. Go to expatguidebooks.com. That's expatguidebooks.com. This episode may be over, but your journey to greatness continues by visiting our webpage and signing up for our newsletter. For convenient access to new episodes, show notes, and other crucial resources, visit expatmoneyshow.com. We look forward to you joining us on the next episode of the Expat Money Show. Safe travels. I have managed to secure exclusive rights to a block of villas in one of the hottest up-and-coming regions in my current home country, Panama. Join me Saturday, May 4th at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern Time for our special presentation called Investors Workshop, capitalizing on the globally recognized resort brand coming to Panama. We will discuss how the tourism landscape in this region will change rapidly upon the public announcement of this project and how I have secured the rights for my clients to 
capitalize on this opportunity before anyone else. Thanks to my connections in the region, I have negotiated pricing that front runs everyone else. Think early, early bird pricing. From gourmet restaurants to vibrant clubs, poolside activities, and even live bands, this resort is going to pump some serious life into the region. But this isn't what excites me or what should excite you either. The exciting part is that these world-class amenities and top brand will attract tens of thousands of tourists. Tourists who will fork over top dollar to stay at our investment properties. Register free at expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. That's expatmoney.com forward slash webinars to register for this free real estate workshop. See you on May 4th at 10 a.m. Central Time. That's 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Go to expatmoney.com forward slash webinar.